most conflicts happen or rather happen and do not get resolved because people feel that the first person to go and try to resolve it is the loser and if you really think about it the first person who tries to try to go and resolve is the first person who wants that relationship to win and i think it starts with a flip in perspective you trying to initiate a conversation where you're trying to resolve something is you being the bigger person who is keeping the larger relationship in mind and not the smaller ego of only yours in mind this is episode number 77 of the inspiring talk with siddharth anantaram Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Thank you so much my friend for joining me on this episode of The Inspiring Talk podcast. I know it's been a while since I released the last episode. Some of you have even emailed me, sent me Instagram DMs asking, is everything all right? Hey, why have you not released the episodes? Thank you so much for all the love. I'm totally fine. I've just been traveling and conducting workshops and got caught up with a lot of stuff. But that's a big part, by the way. I have promised myself not to miss a single episode from now on. Yes, not a single one. Whatever it is. takes. Thank you once again for all the love and support. I truly appreciate it and I take it seriously. And I mean it. I'm very pumped for my guest, Siddharth Anantaram. He is a master at curating meaningful conversations that help people connect deeply with themselves and with each other. Asking powerful questions is his superpower. and he uses it as often as possible to help people discover theirs as the founder of life circles siddharth hosts transformational spaces that combine meaningful conversations games and unforgettable experiences to help communities find clarity and seek new perspectives he is also the business head of eber coach by mind valley the world's hottest personal transformation company a tedx speaker and a life coach in a world that is hyper connected yet lonely siddharth is on a mission to build healthier communities where people have conversations that matter shed their mental wealth and live a lighter life on our conversation we discuss how you can have meaningful conversations with people that matters the most to you how you can start drive and end the conversation and a lot more before we jump in i would really appreciate if you could take a screenshot and share it on your instagram story and when you do that don't forget to tag me at the rate bj speaks now enjoy the conversation welcome back inside this episode guys i'm super excited to have with me here my friend sid sid welcome to the show Hey thank you so much for having me uh, on this podcast Vijay I have heard so much good stuff about it I'm so happy to be on the show and to speak to your listeners and to speak to you and <laughs> excited for this conversation Yeah absolutely I'm very excited for this conversation so just to give uh, listeners the perspective on how I met Sid 
was at this festival called Life Plugin in Goa on October, if I'm not wrong, right? Yeah. And here we are connecting again at another festival. <laughs> it's called F of Axe Festival. And we are here in this beautiful Jim Corbett National Park. And we are having this conversation about having conversation. Yeah. And when I asked Sid, hey, how are we going to structure this conversation? And he threw me this challenge saying, hey, because this podcast is about, you know, you want to do this episode about conversation. Let's just have conversation on this podcast. So tell me, like, have you always had conversation with people? Were you always good at having conversation all your life? Or what was it for you? I think for the longest time, I've always enjoyed conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to discover why. And I think in the last one year or a little more than that, I have gone deep into studying conversations and I've come to the understanding that the reason why I love conversations so much is because of a certain belief I have. And the belief I have is that I look at the world and I see that the whole world is my classroom. And I feel that the people who I meet in this classroom are my biggest teachers. And conversations for me are the biggest tools that help me understand myself and these people better. And ever since I was a kid, I've always been very, very curious about understanding people. Uh, what really gets them going? What, you know, what lights up their day? What makes them come alive? And uh, what's their story like? And, and uh, what made them become who they are? And I feel like conversations is the single most powerful yet, yet underutilized tool uh, for us to help understand each other better. So yes, to answer your question, I've always been something that a person who loves conversations. And in the last few years, I've just become more and more curious about exploring what really makes great conversations and most importantly what makes conversations more meaningful yeah so i think that's the part where i wanted to spend majority of time on this particular episode like how do you have those meaningful conversations with people um so that you can connect not just on a you know surface level but a level deep down there and probably uh, we'll talk about like where the conversation leads and probably you can uh, share some of the most amazing conversations that you have had in your life. But um, when it comes to meaningful conversation, if I have to recall, uh, when I had the most, probably one of the most meaningful conversations was after being on your session, mm -hmm. um, you know, at Life Plugin in Goa on, on October. So after that event, and obviously at that activity workshop, mm -hmm. yeah, is that the right word? Workshop, yes. right? Yes. So the workshop that you conducted and after that, or the board game that we played, yeah. uh, right? And after that, I stayed back in Goa with a couple of friends there mm -hmm. who were strangers. Now they are friends, obviously. Nice. And uh, I stayed back there and, and the kind of conversation that we had and the way I connected with those strangers, like, and then I have never felt that with, you know, any other friends that have had like in my entire life, mm -hmm. the kind of chats that we are having, the kind of, you know, the layers that we were, you know, peeling of each other and also allowing other person to enter our world. Mm -hmm. So that was like one of the most powerful conversations that I've ever had. Uh, but I'm still trying to figure out why, you know, I was able to have those kind of conversations at that point of time. Mm -hmm. And what are probably some of the things that, um, you know, that makes conversation meaningful. Great question. And I think this is the co exact question that I have uh, spent the majority of the last three or four years trying to figure. Um, and um, before I answer that, I want to give you a little bit of backstory of why I was trying to figure this, mm -hmm. right? Why was this question relevant or important for me? Yeah. Um, 
And this question was relevant or important for me. And I'm I'm speaking to your listeners, and I'm sure within your listeners there are people who've who've who who want to have a a meaningful conversation with some of their closest friends mm-hmm. about something that matters to them, or if there are wives and husbands, you want to have a really meaningful conversation with your partner about something that you either disagree on or something that really matters to you as well, or conversations with your parents. I found myself in a place personally where I wanted to have a really tough conversation with my partner and I found myself struggling. Mm-hmm. I found myself in a place where I wanted to say I forgive you to a friend and I found myself struggling. And I also found myself in a place where I wanted to express myself to my parents and I say and say I love you, but I couldn't find the words. Each one of these for me are meaningful conversations. Conversations that really make you stop and changes your perspective. These are also difficult conversations, but there are other kind of meaningful conversations as well, where you know you are expressing things that that that's on your mind that matters most to you, your feelings, your emotions. True. Um, and when I was struggling with having these conversations, something shaped in me. I'm like, I have been the person who throughout my life loves having conversations. Yet, when it comes to these topics, why am I finding it so hard? And this is what made me go down the rabbit hole of understanding what really makes conversations meaningful. And all my research and all the work I've done with multiple communities and all the study that I've done has led me to three things. And I call these the three ingredients mm-hmm. for cooking okay. a meaningful conversation. Beautiful. And these three ingredients are the first one is, I've realized, is honesty. Blatant honesty. Mm-hmm. Meaningful conversations happen when you enter the conversation and are willing to be blatantly honest with the other people you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by blatantly honest is you're willing to say whatever I'm going to say might hurt the other person, but yet I'm willing to be totally honest. And the reason why this is so important is in today's world, most of us are afraid of having meaningful conversations because you're afraid to be blatantly honest with the people. Some mostly care for. Yeah. And because we know if we do that, we might end up hurting them or rubbing them in the wrong way. And, and, and so we shirk away from being honest. Mm-hmm. And um, and the moment we are dishonest or not even dishonest, but the moment we are not completely honest yeah. and we hold back, uh, the conversation right there becomes less meaningful. So that's the first thing I've, I've learned, mm-hmm. honesty. The second thing I've, I've learned is that a meaningful conversation is one in which you're willing to be vulnerable. And I know the word vulnerable gets thrown around a lot. True. But vulnerability for me, I've realized, is entering a conversation mm-hmm where you're willing to take the risk mm-hmm. of not knowing the outcome. Yeah. And this is precisely the reason why I told you before we started this conversation, instead of structuring it yeah. or thinking about it, let's just start the conversation mm-hmm. because this is vulnerability. Yeah. Where you enter a conversation not knowing where it's going to lead. True. And doing that takes guts and courage yeah. and takes both the people or the more people in the conversation to take the risk of saying, we don't know where this is going to go, but let's just have it anyway. Yeah. So that's the second thing, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And then the last aspect and the most important aspect is a meaningful conversation is one in which perspectives are exchanged. Mm. See, we see all of us look at the world through a pair of glasses. Yeah. Both of us wear glasses. Yeah. <laughs> so for us, this is normal, right? But even those of us who don't have physical glasses, yeah. we actually are looking at the world through a pair of Glasses. Lenses yeah. that have shaped us, mm-hmm. our beliefs, are the way we brought up, the experiences we've had, our stories. Mm-hmm. And for me, a conversation is a beautiful way for us to exchange a pair of glasses. For me, if I handed my glass to you and you gave yours to me, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the world through the lens you've been looking at. Mm-hmm. And a conversation allows us to do that. So a meaningful conversation is one in which 
three things like i have to say I, i'm going to repeat myself mm-hmm. honesty vulnerability and perspective mm-hmm. is exchanged and this i feel every time these three enter a conversation the conversation becomes all the more meaningful so for the cases like where you mentioned you know you want to have difficult conversations whether uh, with your partner or whether that's with your parents or whether with anyone like you want to have that conversation right so let's say that you want to have conversation with someone probably you have and i think one of the reasons probably people hold back from having that conversation or putting themselves out and being vulnerable there is the fear of judgment correct right and what would the person think of me or think about the perspective that i'm trying to you know bring on the table right how do you get past that in all my research and all my study of conversations and in in all communities the number one thing i have learned is that the biggest thing that stops people from speaking about the things that really matter to them is fear of judgment mm-hmm. the fear that people will judge them of of course the fear that people will the perception that they of other people have of them will be shaken and the fear that once that's done people will look at them differently right and when people ask me how to get over the fear of judgment my simple answer is you will never be able to because the fear of judgment is something that is intrinsically human right everyone has their fear of people judging them and the biggest thing that we as human beings need is validation yes and that that is what makes us human mm. however what you can do is try to reduce it mm-hmm. and what i've learned the number one thing that helps you reduce it is when you want to speak about something that really matters to you start with a stranger speak about it to a stranger because what happens to the stranger is that there are no barriers no preconceived notions and in that case you get the courage to speak and share openly everything that's in your heart and mind right now and if you've wondered and i'm sure the listeners on the show you guys have always found it easier to speak about something mm-hmm. that's happening for you in your life more openly to a stranger True. Than, than to your own friends and family yeah because that there is no fear of judgment there right so i've often had people who've started off speaking about something that matters to them with a stranger and then found the courage from that to now approach their friends and then to move towards their family and some people say hey but isn't that me being inauthentic because i'm starting with a stranger first and i don't have the courage to do it with my own friends and family i say no because courage is something i've realized that gets built step by step over time and the process of having these conversations also requires courage mm. and the first step towards seeking that courage is by having it with a stranger and i've had so many people who've done it in i run something called life circles where i create spaces where people mm-hmm. have these conversations with strangers and i've had so many people attend life circles and then go back home and have these same conversations with their closest friends and uh, with their siblings with their partners and with their family and they come back and tell me thank you for creating that space there because that gave me the courage to say hey if i could have that with a stranger i know i can now have it with close friend and family so i i would say number one step is if you're afraid of speaking about something and you feel you're going to get judged find a stranger mm-hmm. share everything that's in your heart and see the courage that it gives you and then move towards friends and family i can agree more on the uh, you know practicing start with a stranger because that's where actually you are building your muscle right Correct. so that that uh, to to just get over the fear that you have uh, now i want to take a step back mm-hmm. like this is about like how you have meaningful conversations and you know the elements of it which you have shared are honesty vulnerability and perspective correct right so i want to take a step back mm-hmm. and earlier this conversation you have mentioned that you 
want to have conversation with people and you want to express your emotions and feeling mm-hmm. like it need not necessarily be you being vulnerable mm-hmm. like just telling your parents mm-hmm. that you love them mm-hmm. and i was having conversation with raghava and i told him that you know it took me 21 years mm-hmm. to walk up to my mom and tell her that i love you mm-hmm. like in the words mm-hmm. otherwise you don't know how do you express those mm-hmm. right or and then we do not express those mm-hmm. and like how do you even start having the conversation whether be it be it a stranger or be it somebody like how do you start having conversation okay a lot of people struggle with exactly that yeah stage yep because once they start yeah it goes mm. it goes smooth sailing mostly mm-hmm. but is that starting is the starting problem mm-hmm. right classic mm-hmm. starting problem mm-hmm. like in engines i have a certain just like i shared with you the ingredients for cooking mm-hmm. yeah. like a meaningful conversation you can't just have the right ingredients you mm-hmm. also need a tried and tested recipe true right and so think of this as the recipe mm-hmm. for cooking a meaningful conversation and the recipe starts with the first step and the first step is something i called a check in a check in is a way for you to spark a conversation and a check in is a way for you to also arrive into a conversation you see most of us enter a current conversation although our minds are in the previous or is something that's going to happen next and or something that happened before very few of us are right here right now and are completely present before starting a conversations and because we are not completely present we don't really know exactly what to say to a person so check in is a way for you to arrive into a conversation instead of jumping in and my favorite way to do it is what's on your mind mm-hmm. because everyone has something on their mind and the moment you ask someone that question mm-hmm. what it does is it clears out all the clutter mm-hmm. and it says it's ask them what's on your mind right now yeah it makes them focus on the now mm-hmm. and it makes you takes you immediately into the now and suddenly without trying to ask them anything about how you feeling or anything else or you know most conversations also start about work you're not asking about work you're just saying hey what's on your mind mm-hmm. there is a reason why that question was is also on facebook's feed share what's on your mind yeah because that question opens you up to a ton of different things and it's one of my favorite ways to spark any conversation mm-hmm. so to ask answer your question yeah. a check in to the question so what's in your mind is one of my favorite ways to spark a conversation yeah. so are there any other of those spark conversation spark or something that when you just want to probably let's say you were walking to a random stranger yeah um, or somebody you met at an event with yeah. whom you want to walk up to and you have no clue how do you want to start the conversation with yeah so uh we've been trained to ask people how are you doing uh, but the reason i don't ask that question is because we've also our ears and our minds have also tuned out that question mm-hmm. pretty much when someone says how are you doing you all each one of us has become so accustomed to saying hey good mm. or hey great because yeah. it becomes so natural because you don't even think yeah right so i avoid that question completely mm-hmm. instead the other question i ask beyond what's on your mind is hey what's the most exciting thing that's happening in your life right now i think that's a good one like sometimes like even asking hey what's on your mind might be something like they would be like okay i mean that's kind of a completely shock kind of you know thing like okay yeah. they haven't expected that yeah. but what's the most exciting thing that's happening in your life probably is a really good one yeah. because then people always love to talk about what's exciting thing that's happening 
and you know the thing that they are passionate about exactly and it also creates enough space for people to talk about whatever they want to talk about right it can be their personal life it can be their work it can be the last dessert they had you know anything like and it also gives you a clue about what excites people yeah and why i also love that question is it raises the energy of any conversation mm. the moment the energy is raised then you can take the conversation wherever it needs to go yeah so that's another way to to spark a great conversation yeah great examples great examples so is there anything else that you know we haven't discussed when it comes to starting a conversation probably you know while approaching the person or you might reach out to the person and probably other person might not be on that frame of mind yeah. right or i'll keep juggling through having the conversation with a total stranger and also probably having the meaningful conversation as well right Yeah. So you just messed something up with your partner, and now you want to start that conversation, probably, right? Yeah. And then you just can't go and have that conversation because the other person probably would not want to have that conversation at that point of time. Yeah. Right. So. So I think that in a conversation, like I'm going back right now to the conversation I had, say, with one of my best friend. Mm-hmm. Once uh, we had a conflict, right? Yeah. And I think the my favorite way to do it is to start the conversation from. trying to understand that day and the environment mm-hmm. so so i my favorite way to do it is how was your day okay mm-hmm. because irrespective of whatever conflict yeah. that's a question that's very neutral yeah it also very often that question is something we miss yeah because we feel like again we jump in mm-hmm. right but the moment you ask someone how was your day and then you move on to discussing whatever it needs to be discussed especially a conflict imagine that friend or that partner has had a terrible day with his or her boss yeah or has had a massive fight with her parent and you directly jump into a conversation where you're trying to resolve a conflict yeah right you don't even know what's happened mm. and now if you don't know what's happened mm-hmm. obviously your conversation is going to go down south because what is actually on this person's mind is something very different yeah. it might not even be you mm. right but the moment you ask a person how was your day Uh, this person tells you said i had a horrible day with my boss yeah right you know i had this huge mess up that came up and this project just didn't work out mm-hmm. i automatically know mm-hmm. i can have can decide one of two things mm-hmm. either now is not the right time to have that conversation about resolving a conflict yeah. or i first speak spend enough amount of time to give this other person the chance to express everything that that happened during the day yeah. before i say hey by mm-hmm. the way I know we had a few things to talk about. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I I love that one because uh, you were just trying to understand what's on the other person's mind and what's happening in their world. Exactly. Uh, before like jumping in and probably, and I think that also works with when even if you are going and having conversation with some stranger, you want to just go and have conversation and probably checking in. Correct. Even if that person is in mood to have that conversation or not, I think that sets the the right tone. The right tone for the conversation. So. There was another thing that I wanted to discuss. Again, it is about the conflict, mm-hmm. right? So when you have this conflict, and and then let's say there are days mm-hmm. or hours when you know people do not want to talk to each other mm-hmm. at all, then how do you get past that ego? Mm-hmm. That's there, mm-hmm. right? Because the the person who is going to go and start that conversation mm-hmm. has to fight through the ego. That's in between. Like, who's going to be the first person to go and have that conversation, right? Yeah. So, how do you get past the ego of the conversation? So, I think most conflicts happen, or rather, happen and do not get resolved because people feel that the first person to go and try to resolve it is the loser. Loser. Yeah. And if you really think about it, the first person who tried to go and resolve is the first person who wants that relationship to win. True. 
And I think it starts with a flip in perspective. Mm-hmm. You trying to initiate a conversation where you're trying to resolve something is you being the bigger person who is keeping the larger relationship in mind and not the smaller ego of only yours in mind. And I think it starts with that flip in perspective. And most importantly, I think that the the way you start a conversation, when it, especially when it comes to a conflict, without keeping your ego in mind, is really checking in to say, hey, what matters most to me right now? Hmm. What matters most to me right now? And I think I love the power of questions when it comes yeah. to conversations, uh, right? And, and this is a question that I ask myself often, uh, which is what matters most to me right now? And if in a conflict, the relationship matters more to me than how I'm feeling in that moment, I'm okay taking that first step to go and try to mm-hmm. to resolve it, right? So uh, at least that's how I've done it. And every time I've done it, I've walked away feeling, thank God I didn't let my ego win. Yeah. And realize that meaningful conversations are a way for everyone to win. It just requires one person, yeah. if not both, to draw up that courage first. Mm. The same courage we spoke about. Yeah. And you drawing up the courage gives the other person the permission to do the same. Yeah, I think that's a beautifully put, Siddharth. And the power of questions that you have mentioned, right? Yeah. And I have been on another, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, workshop on the same, you know, like plugin where it was about the power of questions. And then that was also one of the beautiful experiences that I have had, um, you know, asking the questions. And even after that, I have made this Instagram post saying, I have been asking people on this podcast for almost two years now, but I've never stopped to ask questions to myself. Yeah. And when I started asking that question, which I now do, often I keep asking myself the questions. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the beautiful things. And I think that question about, what you know, matters most. yes, what matters the most to me and trying and saving that relationship rather than just winning that one tiny fight. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that says a lot about how probably you can get over your ego and then just go forward and have that conversation yeah. rather than saying that yeah, you are not losing, but the relationship is winning as a result is winning. Correct. Right. So that's a, that's a great way. So now that was about the starting the conversation, right? We know we are talking about the conversation and one thing that, um, that kind of popped into my head is when not to have conversation. Oh, great. great. You know, one thing that we have said is like when other person is not in mood or when the other person is going through some other stuff, then yeah. that's one, you know, case where you are, you don't want to have conversations. And then what are the other, you know, probably cases where not to have conversations? Beautiful, beautiful question. And I think this is often the, the most forgotten element of any conversation. And the most forgotten element of any conversation is silence. You know, I've realized that, I don't know how many of us really realize that the words of the letter silent are the same as the words of the letter listen. Oh, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. And sometimes you don't need to say something to express something. In fact, some of the most powerful conversations I've had are the ones in which so much was said, yet such little was spoken. And I think realizing that in a conversation, if there is silence, silence creates room for breakthrough moments. It, mm. it creates space for new insights. And often the sound of insight is more, hmm. Most of us think the sound of insight ah, is aha. Mm-hmm. But actual sound of insight, if you really think about it, is hmm. When you're actually thinking to yourself and you're being completely silent and something has really struck you, you become really silent and you just go, hmm, because you're thinking about it. And so allowing that space 
or such silences in conversations is probably the most powerful thing you can do. And so most people think that you need to fill up the gaps. So true. In conversations. Whereas the best conversationists I've met are the ones who create more gaps, mm. who create more silences because they realize that the in those silences lies power and power for new insights, new possibilities and in new connections that your brain is making, which would not happen if you're continuously speaking. So great question. And I think the right way to judge when to hold or maintain this silence lies completely um, based on the conversation you're having. But my favorite times to do it is to ask an open-ended question, which is a why, how, or what question, and to listen deeply. My favorite way to do this is I want to ask the question. And when I feel like responding, I pinch myself a little bit just to see if I can stay in that silence for 30 seconds longer. And every single time I've done that, Bajoy, every single time I've done that, the response of God has been something magical. Because in that extra 15 seconds of silence, the person is able to draw upon a new insight that I wouldn't have ever given them an opportunity to do if I started speaking again. So for everyone listening, the next time you find yourself wanting to respond immediately to what someone's saying, I challenge you to just pinch yourself in that moment and give yourself another 15 seconds and see what happens. I promise you, your conversations will start becoming more powerful, more meaningful, and you as a person will become, start becoming a better listener. Yeah, I can't agree more on that. And I think that also happens because the other person also wants to fill that gap by sharing more of the story that the person was sharing. Like, because sometimes we want to hold, you know, not knowing, okay, how much should I really be sharing on this conversation? And then like, you might stop in between the story or you, you might not share the entire story or the insight. And then when you see that person is not responding to what you have said, that means that person want to fill that gap. And by, you know, as, as a result of that, probably the person want to give you more insights and more information. And then, then, you know, you have that, as you have said, you know, the beautiful, beautiful insights and some of the most powerful stories. And that happens here all the time. Like, you know, I have learned that probably a year back when I started the power of, you know, silence on interview, mm. not on the conversation. I mean, interview is also a conversation that I'm having here with the people, but the power of silence. And when I take that pause, when, you know, my guest mm. is sharing that emotional story, like most of the time it ends up, you know, becoming one of the most powerful thing because they share some of the beautiful stories that they would have otherwise not because I just chose to hold myself back. And in some cases, like even if nothing comes out of it, that's totally okay, right? It's just mm -hmm. that gap and that's totally fine if, you know, there is no more insights and nothing come out, coming out of it, right? So that's, Absolutely. that's awesome. So that's, um, so now one thing is you starting the conversation. Mm -hmm. Another thing is taking it forward. Mm -hmm. As you said, a lot of people struggle on sparking the conversation, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people who are good at it, who mm -hmm. might start the conversation, but they really struggle on taking it forward. Mm -hmm. Like how do we, I continue having that conversation, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. then probably drive the conversation. So is there something that you'd like to say on driving the conversation mm -hmm. and taking it forward? So the number one thing I would say is driving a conversation requires you to be interested mm. and not interesting. Mm. Yeah. Most people today want to be interesting. Yeah which means that even when they're entering a conversation, they want it to be about them. Mm -hmm. and, and driving a conversation requires you to be completely interested in 
what the other person has to say. Yeah. And for this to happen, you need to be curious. And the number one way to be curious is like I mentioned before, asking powerful questions. Yeah. Uh asking questions which are not yes or no questions, which are not open-ended questions, which do not have finite choices. Yeah. Right? Do you want to do this or do you want to do that? The conversation's not going to go f- too much further because it's, the person's just going to say yes, I want to do this. So here's why and that's it. But instead of asking them do you want to do this or do you want to do that? How about you ask them, "Hey, why do you want to do this?" Are you being curious? Yeah. And the moment you be curious, that's when beautiful magical conversations happen. And so number one way is to further a conversation is to ask powerful open-ended questions. The second way is most conversations fail because one of the two people in the conversation do not feel understood. And one of the most powerful ways to help and to ensure everyone feels understood in a conversation is what I call the process of mirroring. And what I mean by mirroring is when Bijay you said this to me you would have heard me say even in during this conversation what i hear you say is what or what i think you mean is yeah the reason i'm doing that is because when i'm saying that to you mm. i give you an opportunity to be completely understood mm. and by mirroring what you're saying i'm making sure that what i've understood of what you're saying is the right thing mm-hmm. most conversations people think they've understood of what the other person's saying and then they're responding without clarifying whether what they were understood is really true yeah and then things get lost in translation right and once things get lost in translation people end up getting hurt and then they leave the conversation hurt so my favorite way to keep a conversation going is of course questions and then also mirroring constantly checking with the person what i'm hearing you say is and never has any one person say said to me hey sadat you know why are you asking me what are you, what you're hearing me say because <laughs> everyone wants to be seen heard and understood true and but just doing that you're giving them an opportunity to be heard and understood so you you mean one stay curious yeah. and to be interested exactly and i think and as you said like everyone wanna be interesting not interested correct right? i i think that's a really difficult one for a lot of people to be patiently listen to somebody right and then just try and understand what the person is trying to say versus just trying to show who they are exactly and i think is that where most people go wrong on having the conversation or continue or driving the conversation where they are more interested in talking about who they are rather than listening to the other person absolutely any conversation requires you to to say you know my favorite way of doing this is to judge in the conversations i have how many times i'm i'm mentioning the word i hmm Yeah, that's a powerful one. And the moment I started doing that, I started realizing that the more times you say the word I, the more times you're actually talking about yourself. How about you you like you know you don't mention the word I at all during a conversation. Like and I challenge you, just like I challenged you to stay silent for 15 more seconds. Uh the next time you're having a conversation that matters to you, have the whole conversation without saying I. It's so tough, but yet it creates the best conversations. simply because it's very natural for us to bring in our own perspective into something but very difficult for us to create enough space just for inviting the perspective of the other person wholeheartedly and uh yeah you're completely right when you say that staying curious and being interested is is the two most important things in and in, in any conversation and you know people think that if i don't talk about myself then this conversation is not successful because how does the other person know about me You know what when you walk away from a conversation where you've given someone else 
the complete opportunity to express all of themselves to you mm-hmm. trust me they will remember you more than if you spoke about them about who you are or what you do for half an hour or one hour mm. because most people don't remember that yeah what most people remember is not what you told them it's about how you make them feel beautiful one very powerful one and if you make them feel seen heard and understood they're going to remember you for the rest of your life they yeah. might not remember what you do but they remember who you are and the next time you meet them they're going to be drawn to you because they know that you are someone who listens to them as a human being mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a very beautiful very beautiful book and that's one of the you know i'm learning a lot here uh, you, about the conversations and you know how you make other person feel it's not about just talking about yourself but making people feel like how you are going to make them feel when you meet them correct so that they want to like come back again and again and probably you know talk to you and probably that makes being genuinely interested in i I'm, i'm trying to you know connect that with some of the people whom i admire the most and why i want to keep going back to them and have conversation probably is because they listen to me yeah right and they listen very passionately and you know they are listening to listen not to respond exactly right and and also they are interested in what i have to say and make me feel i am very important Exactly. and i think when you make that and when you are giving that space for somebody um i think people really admire you not just like ha- you not only end up having the beautiful conversation but also people start admiring you for who you are yeah. and i think your personality starts shining wow that's a, that's a, that's really good one so now how do you end the conversations great so just like how you started the conversation with the check in uh-huh. you end the conversation with the check out Mm-hmm. and there's interesting study about what makes your brain remember things right and one of the most important things that makes your brain remember things is when you openly voice out what you've drawn or learned from anything from particular situation right so even in a conversation when you end the conversation telling the other person hey what i learned from this conversation is instantly you've told your brain remember this remember this conversation mm. and that's what makes conversations memorable and meaningful because you've given your brain a cue that hey this conversation taught you something we don't end most of our conversations asking ourselves what did you learn from it or what i took away from it you know because we think we take that for granted and which is why most of the conversations don't even remain in our minds but if you really think about it the ones that where you've had the conversation that really mattered to you you've either shared with the other person or sometimes just share with yourself either through journaling or through reflection that wow i really learned this from that conversation when you do that you basically instantly etch that conversation in your mind so my invite to everyone is when they leave every conversation check out from it share what you've learned through the conversation or share what was your highlight it doesn't have to be just learning what was your highlight of the time together mm-hmm. uh, and, and that also helps the other person understand what was it that you know are uh, really Uh, meant a ton in the con- the time that we shared together, but also it ensures that before you start your next conversation, you've closed this chapter. Mm. Before you start your next conversation, you're fully present for the next one because this one has been fully closed, or at least to the close to the best of your ability for that moment. Otherwise, again, the same loop loop starts. You enter the next conversation thinking about this one. Mm. Checkout allows you to close this effectively and move on to the next one. Super. 
So now I'm again going back because it's uh, on structure. That's why we keep moving here, yeah. you know, move a little bit further and I, you know, come a little bit back. So I want to, you know, uh, come a little bit back and talk about, you meet some of these people mm. who can walk up to a stranger and then they build that instant powerful connection right there with the people. Mm. And then they become lifelong friends mm-hmm. just because, you know, the way they connect with, you know, uh, with the person, right? And then they go really deep and try to understand who that person is. And there are some people who are really good at having those conversations and pulling out, uh, you know, really good, in, uh, you know, connect on, on a more deeper label just than asking about, you know, what do you do, where are you from and stuff like that, right? So they really go and have that really powerful conversation with these people, right? And then build that long-term relation as a friend or lifelong friend or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So now, how do you really do that? How do you really go and, you know, even when you are going and meeting somebody at an event like this, for instance, mm-hmm. let's say, so there are always going to be people who will be going back after event and going to be friend for rest of their life, mm-hmm. right? So how does that kind of conversation happen? I don't know what the research, exact research number says. I know that research states that I think 60 to 70% of any conversation is your body language, mm-hmm. right? And it, the body language is the number one thing that builds rapport. Uh, and uh, my favorite way to build rapport, personally, is often the thing that we take most for granted. It's your smile, mm. right? I personally am someone who will smile at strangers even if they don't smile back at me. And it might sound creepy, but it's my favorite way to build rapport. And it's also the, my identity now. True. Uh, it's how people know me. It's, yeah. it's, it's when they, they know I'm the guy who will smile at them, even yeah. if I don't know them, right? And it might be different for different people, but that's the way I build rapper. And that's how I break the ice. Now, for you, it might be completely different. For you, it might be maintaining strong eye contact and looking at someone in the eye while, you know, while before even starting a conversation. I mean, of course, not doing it creepily. <laughs> uh, you know, not doing it creepily, but, yeah. um, you know, most people today have forgotten how to look at someone else in the eye even when, you know, they're, they're having a conversation or even they're not. Either mm-hmm. looking at their phones or looking away. So, Building rapport, I feel, has different elements. I do it through smiles. People do it through looking at each other's eyes. Other people do it by very patient listening. You know, they might be sitting on a table and they might not have said a word, but their energy and their listening knows, you know, you know that they have your attention, you know. And so find your way of building rapport. And building rapport always comes from non-verbal or mostly comes from non-verbal elements. And another way of building rapport is mirroring, right? So when you are seeing someone, you know, how when you sit long enough with someone in a conversation, or even if you're not speaking, uh, you automatically start doing the same things. You know, you start sitting the same way. You start, uh, your rhythms start being synchronized, all of that. Uh, And that happens simply because two people have shared space with each other. Mm-hmm. So my my invite to people who want to walk up to strangers and build rapport is be very, very attentive to your body language. And again, your body language signals whether you're out there being interested or you're out there being interesting. Mm. Please be interested. The world needs more people who are interested, not interesting. Super. That was, uh, you know, that was really uh, insightful is there anything that we haven't covered about conversations, having conversation of that, something that you would like to add? 
Um, I think my the last thing I would like to add to everyone listening is I really believe, guys, that the world that we live in today can change one meaningful conversation at a time. And from some of the smallest problems that we face in our families uh, to some of the largest problems we face in countries and societies can be solved if people really talk, sit down and talk about the things that matter. And my invite to everyone listening is to not wait too long to share the things that are in your heart and mind for too long. And one final thing I would say is I read this book called Five Regrets, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying by a nurse named Bronnie Ware. She worked with people in the last few years before they died. And amongst the top five regrets, one of the regrets that people consistently came up with is that I wish I had the courage to express how I was feeling to someone I loved. From all the people lying on their deathbed, mm -hmm. if that was amongst the top regrets, it says something, mm -hmm. right? So my invite to you is find that partner, find that friend, find that family member, or find that stranger who you want to see, talk about something to you yeah. that matters to you yeah. and don't hold back. Because guess what? By you drawing up that courage, you give them the permission to do the same. Super. So a little while ago, on this conversation, you mentioned about the life circles. Yes. For the listeners listening, would you like to share what is that all about? Absolutely. So, so life circles is a space where I curate communities, conversations and, and experiential activities for people to gain more clarity about themselves. And it's a space where I help people build a more meaningful relationship with themselves and with their closest circles by combining a few of these elements of, of you know, games, uh, some of which you experienced, yeah. uh, workshops, and of course, a, a lot of meaningful conversations around topics. And we do this in the form of retreats that happen in, you know, stunning locations around India. The last one happened in Kasoli. The next one's happening in Goa from um, June 4th to 7th. And it's always intimate communities. Uh, so never more than 12 to 15 people in a group. And we go really, really deep over the course of four days to, to talk about the things that matter to us. And people who have experienced it have come together as strangers and have left as lifelong friends. People they can call upon as, you know, when they're having a really, really bad day. And I think the, pe the other thing people tell me is once this is something that's best experienced not explained. Mm. So for everyone who's listening, if this is something that sounds exciting to you, I would love to have you for our next one. Super. So how do people reach out to you or get in touch with you if they would like to have some uh, more insights on having conversation or probably navigate through the difficult or challenging conversation that they want to have in their life? Oh, I would love to uh, to help in the best way I can. Uh, my best way would be Instagram. And my handle is Sid underscore Anantram. It's a longer surname. I will put that on the description. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you can check out the description link. Or if you want to check out Life Circles, it's ourlifecircle.com. That's our website. And on Instagram, it's ourlifecircles. That's the handle, both of which will also be on the description, description. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it was such a pleasure having this conversation with you, Bajoy, and yeah. thank you for the time. Thank you so much for being here. It, it's been great having this conversation with you about conversation. <laughs> and thanks for you know challenging me for this one, not to have any structure in place, uh, which I think I did pretty good job. Or we did you know pretty good job talking about this and navigating through a lot of different elements of conversation, right? From sparking to, you know, taking it and then like ending it. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing your insights, man. Always great to hear from you and learn from you. Thanks, likewise, thanks so likewise, much. Brother. And for uh, everyone listening, have a fantastic day, guys. And I hope you have the conversations that really matter to you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inspiring Talk podcast. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. And before you do anything else, let me know your biggest takeaway from this episode on my Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the rate PJ Speaks. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring.